Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are brought to you by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. Daryl, 4514. Uh, that sucked. <laughs> what more can I say? I mean, I hate to give you the huge analysis on that, but um, defense didn't look good early. The pick six has put a exclamation point on a, a Houston team that looked a lot different than what we saw on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And, uh, that, I, to me, that's the most disappointing thing here, Andy, the defense was a complete no show. Um, and in the biggest moment of the season, nonetheless, I mean, we, we did not see that this year from this defense. We didn't see secondary breakdowns. We didn't see players caught out of position. Look, give the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud credit. They saw something on film. They worked the angles against the Browns secondary beautifully and and basically carved them up like a Thanksgiving feast uh, in that first half. I mean, uh, and then obviously uh, Joe Flacco turned into a pumpkin and, uh, you know, the game was over after the two pick sixes. But um, just all around, just very disappointing. I didn't expect that. I, I, I knew there was a chance the Browns could lose this game. But I figured it was going to be tight, and it started out so well, right? Just a back-and-forth slugfest there in the first half where both teams were just throwing haymakers at each other. Defense was optional, and then uh, again, just in the third quarter, everything completely fell apart, and uh, what was an entertaining game quickly turned into a blowout. Most disappointing for Jim Schwartz's unit. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know how history is going to look back on this game, but it's going to be what happened to the defense in that game, especially with some veterans. Um, You had Denzel Ward back in the game. Um, Juan Thornhill played today. I mean, there were just, the guys that they needed to be on the field defensively, I think were there with the exception of one who uh, wasn't able to to come back from from the IR that we thought he would be able to, and it wasn't, but that's just not even the point. The point is they couldn't make a tackle. Yeah. And yeah, tackling was shoddy. Uh, Miles Garrett was a virtual non-factor. He had three tackles, but that was really about it. He finishes the season with one sack in seven games Hmm. after having 14, or I should say 13, rather, um, you know, in the first couple of months of the season. And I think that's something he needs to work on in his career because his reputation is going to become, he's good from September until November, and then come December, he just disappears from the stat sheet. 
And I realized he gets a ton of attention. He's fighting through holds and double teams and sometimes triple teams and chips and, and whatnot. But so does TJ Watt. You know that's what I'm saying? Uh, mm -hmm. So do the great edge rushers. That That's just the, the cost of doing business out there. So um, somewhat of a, a disappointing end for, you know, Miles Garrett, whom the Browns were pushing to be defensive uh, player of the year. Quite frankly, that just wasn't a defensive player of the year performance uh, by him uh, on, on Saturday. And 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 just the, the, the rest of the team, very little pressure on C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, they just absolutely got gashed uh, in that first half, and they just really seemed uh, to never uh, recover from that. Um, you know, members of the secondary were out of position on a regular basis. Again, as I mentioned, some of the angles that uh, you know, D'Amico Ryan's and, and uh, the Texans were working from a, an offensive perspective worked like a charm, really did. Um, Nico Collins was fantastic for them. Uh, Amari Cooper was playing with a bruised heel, clearly was affected by that. Um, and yeah, I it, thought it was interesting when Todd Blackledge said that he had been shut down. I was like, he's hurt, man. I, you yeah. could see it on every catch after the. After he he made that initial catch, um, yeah. Joe Batonio left the game. That didn't help any either. Yeah, but Batonio came he was able back. To come back. Yeah, he did, he did come back. But you know, um, the the game plan for the Texans was what we expected it to be, and that was they from a defensive perspective they were going to try and box Joe Flacco in, and uh, really dial up the heat and the pressure. They ended up with four sacks and seven quarterback hits. And forced two pick sixes, work like a charm, right? Um, and that is, you know, pressure that we had or Flacco had not seen a lot of uh, since coming back with the Browns as well. So again, credit to the Houston Texans uh, and their, uh, you know, their defense um, was outstanding. Uh, you know, really, Kareem Hunt's the only one that hurt them with the two touchdowns in the first half. That again, that was about it, right? You know, Harrison Bryant had a big uh, catch um, to help set up one of the scores. But, yeah, I mean, it just it just was not the Browns' day and just top to bottom, uh, awful, <laughs> awfully embarrassing and not yeah. the way I expected this season to end. I, I thought they were going to win that game Saturday, and I, I felt like they had a Super Bowl-caliber defense, but um, they just picked the worst time to completely collapse and fall apart on that side of the football. All right. So, I mean, prior to this week, people were talking Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year, but Mike Vrabel was coach of the year a couple years ago. So you see how far that award yeah. uh, can get you. I'm just, uh, does this change the future for Kevin Stefanski? I got to believe that his contract extension was on the table. They said, let's talk about it at the end of the year. I, I, I got to believe it's still there. Kevin Stefanski didn't make a tackle today. Didn't have the opportunity to do that. And he had to draw up an offense that yeah. was going to have to throw the ball again over 43 times for Joe Flacco. So it's it was almost like, you know, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. It was, I, it was, I, mean, I don't, I, I just, I, the reference. They were in a hole used. they couldn't climb out of. Yeah. Uh, but that, and, I mean, and, and it's, and it's almost like you knew eventually that, you know, if you, let's just say you're playing roulette. Okay. Right eventually the, the ball is going to land in a spot where you know it's going to be bad. Eventually it's going to, and that's what happened on back-to-back -back spins. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 I would put both of those interceptions on on Flacco. Um, so this is interesting because I I thought the first one was Jamal White's fault too. And if you go back and should go back if you can watch the route because if he would have stayed home, uh, he would Elijah Moore would have had the catch. Instead, he took he off deep. after the yeah. ball was already in the air. Yeah, he so went just, he went deep instead of staying back. And you know, again, I, we don't know what the call is there, right? Right, that's true. And, and what the assignment is on that particular play. Um, I thought Flacco was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, and he threw it off. It his looked back foot it had nothing he, on it, and exactly, it it just it had nothing on it. It hung up in the air, and unfortunately, it turned into an eighty-six yard pick six. <laughs> you know, um, no one could find a way um to uh to to chase down Nelson uh as he was uh weaving his way uh through the the Browns offense on, on the way to the uh the end zone 82 yard pick six I should say um and you know that that's disappointing um the, the second one looked like it was a screen pass gone bad um that got returned um 36 yards at Harris who by the way basically ended the game cuz on the next possession when it was fourth down he sacked Flacco Right. Uh, and that 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 was like okay. This they're the, the Browns are done. They're not coming back from this because even even after like the first pick six, I'm like, all right, you know what? It's um, it's uh, 31 to 14, three possession game because that's what right. that's how I think. And I yeah, no, this, I think it's Browns I, math. You've been trained to do that your entire life. Well, no, I do this with Cavalier games as as well. I don't focus on the score. I focus on possessions. Okay. Sure. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, it's a three-possession game, three touchdowns. If they can pitch a shutout, they win the football game from, from here on out, right? And that right. obviously didn't happen. And then once it got to a – it was still technically at 24, a three-possession game, but you're assuming three touchdowns and all three two-point conversions, which that's really, really hard to do. So in my mind, once that second pick six happened, it became a four-possession game. And that, and you're over when, when you got five minutes to go in the third quarter and it's a four possession game, that ball game is over, warm up the buses, start packing up the sideline and the locker room, send guys to the showers. And, uh, you know, it, it's time to, uh, you know, uh, the old one, two, three Cancun, right. Um, yep, turn off the light. That, that, you know, that that's just, you know, the, the reality uh, of that situation. I just am, I feel different this time than I did after they lost in Kansas city in the divisional round. Because after that loss, when they didn't make, you know, there were a couple of plays that they should have made, right? Right. And, and could have gotten to the AFC Championship, especially when Patrick Mahomes got knocked from that game. I'm like, yeah, nah, they'll be back. You know, the core of the team is great, and they're going to be back. And and I don't feel like it's an opportunity loss. And then they went away from – I mean, I'm not trying to be like – I'm not trying to play the Baker Mayfield game right. on this, but they went away from Baker Mayfield. They went in a different direction. Right. But, but this time, oh, I absolutely feel like this was a blown opportunity. A yeah. defense like that does not come around, okay? A story like Joe Flacco playing the way he was playing coming into the game, that it just doesn't come around. They blew this. The Browns absolutely, Andy, blew this opportunity. There, I just – I'm not trying to pour, pour it on. It, it, it was terrible. It was embarrassing. It was awful. I feel for Browns fans that were so excited. I thought they had a legit shot to get to Vegas. I really did. I, I, you know, I felt like Baltimore was the team to beat but the Browns had the defense that was capable of beating the Ravens. The problem was their defense wasn't capable of beating C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans, and so now the season is over. But I absolutely come away with a very, very negative feeling about this season. They yeah, blew. I think that's the interesting point. Now, 
as you look back and you like, I'm just looking through like text messages I got and I was looking through some social media stuff. Like everyone wants to go back and say, well, this is what the Browns get for Deshaun Watson. Right. And then everyone wants to talk about the draft picks. Well, I mean, you want to look at the draft picks. Here's what they are now through trades on, on, on the three. Right. So uh, Kenyon green, the guard, Will Anderson is the big one in this one. Right. And well, then they, 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 well, they didn't get the third. They used right. This is this is similar to the Carson Wentz trade, right? When we were going through, correct. And, and it, it, you know, they, they they came up with these guys by using the assets that the, either directly they got from the Browns or using those assets in combination to move up to position to get themselves. And better. Will Anderson's one of those guys, right? Tank, all three of those guys: Kenyon Green, Will Anderson, and Tank Dell, all via trade. And so what's left of it, this year's pick, and the, this year's first, and this year's fifth. But I, I know a lot of people are going to want to talk about that, right? And then other people are going to be like, we, you know, it's all about Kevin. It's Kevin this, it's Kevin that. And so I think that's what we're going to hear for the next yeah. couple of days as, as the fallout happens. And, you know, it's easy to be negative. I just, It's really hard for me to get on Kevin for some of the things that happened today because he, Kevin doesn't make tackles, right? Like the defense sucked when it came to making tackles. There's just, there's no coaching. Well, they were out of position. That's going to change that. They were out of position the entire game. And those of you watching on YouTube, you just watched me swallow water that went down the wrong pipe. (laughs) It's the worst. At least you hit the mute button. At least we have mute buttons to cough. That's the other one. I I did. I hit my cough button, but um, you know, it 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 is it's just for me. The reason I come away with such a negative feeling, Andy, is because they're 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 better than what we saw. They were at their worst when they needed to be at their best, and that's disappointing. And that that's not injury related. Okay. No. This loss. This loss to the Houston Texans. You can't pin on injuries. Yes, I know Joel Batonio got banged up and had to miss a a couple of series. Right. I understand. You know, Flacco's the fit, you know, you know, one of five starting quarterbacks. And he was on the couch in in uh, mid-November when they signed him. I realized they were they lost three tackles. I realized they didn't have Nick Chubb. But this loss, this ass whooping that they got in Houston. That's the problem, Daryl. It's not just a loss. You're right. It was not injury related. Okay. It's not like Joe Flacco got hurt in the middle of the game and PJ Walker had to come on. And then the slaughter ensued. That's the disappointing part. Amari Cooper was banged up. Yes, he's he fought through the heel in the bruised heel uh, that he actually suffered in Houston uh, during that record-setting 265-yard uh, performance that he had uh, against the Texans in that 36-22 uh, win on Christmas Eve. But again, this was not a result of injury. Yes, the Browns lost a lot of guys throughout the course of the season. Miami Dolphins lost a lot of guys throughout the course of the season as well. Um, But I'm not trying to downplay that significance. But this, what happened, was not a result of that. It was a result of either poor game planning on the part of Jim Schwartz, poor execution on the part of the defense. Guys were out of position. They got beat with speed and angles. Miles Garrett, who's supposed to be a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, was a non-factor in this game. They got absolutely no pressure on a rookie quarterback who basically picked them apart, had nearly 300 yards passing by halftime and three touchdowns. Like this, this, is, yeah. this is not a, ah, shucks, if so-and-so was out there and what, no, 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 no. This was, they got their ass kicked in a wild card game 
in a playoff game. And for me, inexcusable. Inexcusable to get blown out and to lose in the fashion in which they lost. And it leaves a very sour taste in my mouth when I look back at this season because this, I do believe, was a major missed opportunity by this organization. 2020, not so much. This one, 100%, they blew it. I don't know. I look back at a couple things in the season, too. When we go back and we we think about some of the things, they only had three games all year where they had a running back that ran for more than 100 yards. Jerome Ford did it against Baltimore on November 12th. That was the last time they did that. Now, I'm not going to say they were able to run in the second half because they weren't. But seriously, Nick Chubb had one of the three week one, and then Jerome Ford came back in the next game against the Steelers, as we all remember, that they lost. 26 20. I just think the warts that we saw in this game, Daryl, were warts that we saw in little increments throughout the season. Like you were like, yeah. if the Browns are going to have a problem, this is the problem they're going to have. I just, I just the way they got exploited defensively is just almost, is it's mind blowing to me because Jim Schwartz had such a handle and talent. Like they were able to, um, the the Browns' talent was rendered useless yeah. by the scheme, the offensive scheme for Houston. It didn't yeah, matter well, how good they were. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Browns only allowed 25% on third down. The problem is they couldn't get the Texans to third down. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, 356 yards of total offense for Houston. How about this? The Texans ran 44 offensive plays. The Browns ran 70 offensive plays. Uh, average gain per play, 8.1 for Houston, 4.6 for the Browns. Uh, rushing yards, 76 to 56. Uh, passing yards, 280 to 268. A lot of those uh, 268 for the Browns came in garbage time with the game already uh, decided. <clears throat> uh, first downs, uh, the uh, Browns had more first downs than the Texans did, 18 to 14. Uh, on fourth down, the Browns were 0 for 4. Texans didn't even have to bother going for it uh, on fourth down uh, and the turnover battle, right? Uh, the Browns lost two, uh, and it cost Which, them. by the way, is pretty good to only lose the ball twice for this team, well, well, right? For this, yeah, for this particular they team. They only lost yeah. it twice. It was Absolutely. 14 points, though. But, you know, going into the game, right, one of the, one of the questions you and everyone else at the station was asking me, Andy, okay, how did the Browns lose this game? And what did, what did I tell you all? I never turnovers. asked that question, but okay. But go ahead. Go ahead. You know, t- turnovers. You know, yes. It, oh, I it, said that. I, I mean, we talked about that in pregame show, and yeah. everyone was like, oh, is the X factor of the kicking game? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's turnovers and penalties. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, you know, the, the, the turnovers killed them. And like I said, it turned a very competitive game. Uh, from 24-14 into 38-14 in the blink of an eye, and and that was it, you know? Um, uh, there's only one thing that's – or there are two things that could drive Browns fans even crazier after a blowout from Houston. You want to guess what they are? Oh, go ahead. Tell me. You know what they are. You know what they are. A Baker-Mayfield win and a Pittsburgh win over the weekend. And I don't know that either one is happening. So <laughs> I know. I'm just saying – I'm just hoping misery loves company. So it'll be and, interesting and, to see what happens. And and everyone's on the, okay, well, this now ends the Joe Flacco, Deshaun Watson debate. And I'm going to respectfully disagree. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, here, well, here's why. Cause okay. I never saw Deshaun Watson operate the offense as, as well as Joe Flacco did. And that's with what happened in Houston included into the conversation, the offense. That's 
like we got for five games with Joe Flacco. We'll step, we'll take that. Right. Okay, we got five games and one quarter from Joe Flacco. Okay. okay. We got five games and a quarter of Joe Flacco where this offense ran like a modern NFL offense. It was high octane. It was efficient. It was explosive. And none of which I've ever seen from, from Deshaun Watson. So that's all I'm going to say. Your move, Deshaun. It's your team going forward. And now the standard, though, has been set. Like what we saw in that sample size, as Kevin Stefanski likes to say, right? Small sample right. size. Okay, right. well, in that small sample size, the five games in one quarter, we're going to pretend the three quarters, the last three quarters against the Texans don't exist. We're going to write that off the board, okay? And just remember the good times of the five games in the first quarter of the wild card game. Uh, That is what this Browns offense needs to look like going forward, plain and simple. Well, the good thing is, we know, Daryl, we now have seven months to discuss it until we see another preseason game. Oh, God. Oh, I'm not looking forward to it. We're only seven months away from their next game. That doesn't count. Yeah, can we just, like, go hibernating for the next seven? Because, you know, let's see. Uh, I guess we got the Cavs to look forward to. The Guardians, I'm not looking forward to at all because they did nothing to get Olympics. The Olympics are coming up. Yeah, I don't care. Um, Just trying to throw things out. Well, the Olympics. Cleveland Sports Awards are coming up. Well, that I care about. But, um, you know, the Olympics start when training camp starts. You know that, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I do know that. So I I don't know what there is to no first round pick. Um, (sighs) I guess free agency, uh, whatever. Well, the question is going to be about Kevin's extension now. Yeah, no, I don't. What even, about Nick Chubb's contract? Oh, uh, that's that, that's going to be an issue. There's there's some there are some issues that we can get into in future podcasts. I will say this: Kevin Stefanski's still getting his contract extension, and so is Andrew Barrett. That doesn't I think so. change. Hey, but, I heard some rumblings about a dome. We can talk about that in the podcast coming up too. How's that sound? I, I'm sure the stadium situation will be covered extensively this offseason because the clock is ticking on that as well. <sighs> Daryl, I'm done. I'm fried. Oh my. So fine. It, it was Meredith Kane. We are so excited you're back with us, and we are happy that you're producing. So, you, to the world's greatest producer, Meredith Kane, thank you very much. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. This has been the special postseason post game edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.